You're listening to the iHeartRadio Talk Network, and this is The Evan Solomon Show. Hello, Canada, coast to coast to coast. Good to be back in the chair. I was off for a week of holiday, and then I was in Toronto. As Lisa Laflamme, who is, of course, in Edmonton right now with the Pope, and we'll get to that in a minute, as the Pope is just minutes away from arriving uh, to speak, and we'll take that live. Um, this will be remarkable. Will he offer an apology? We'll talk about that. Uh, this historic visit of the Pope, as he will focus his energies on repentance and penitence. This penitent pilgrimage to apologize for the crimes committed. These are more than just sins. These are legal crimes committed in the residential institutions. So there are thousands gathered right now as he is um, waiting his arrival to this extraordinary day. And he's going to be at a place um, called Muscachase. And he's arriving in Muscachase. But before that, he is, um, of course, going to... um, See the Ermanskin Indian Residential Institution, which was one of the largest in the countries. And then he will, we think, offer an apology there. He's offered one in Rome. There'll be, we think there'll be several. I'll get to that in a minute. Then he's going to go to Musca Chase at the Our Lady of the Seven Soros Church, and he'll be greeted there with elders and parishioners. He's then going to the Ermanskin Cree Nation Cemetery for a moment of silence and reflection. And again, at least 15 kids were killed there, died there. And then, and and as I always like to say, I don't call these schools. I don't. I know they're called residential, quote, schools. I don't use the term uh, partly because if I, if, if I knew my, my kid went to a school that had a cemetery attached to it where they were burying students in the past. I wouldn't send them to. Did your school have a cemetery in the backyard? Mine didn't. My kids didn't. That's an institution. That ain't no school. Then he's going to go to the former residential school site where five teepees are set up representing the nations of the land. And, and a fifth is there as a, as a symbol. And then he'll go to uh, Bear Park, Moscow Park where thousands are gathered. He's just, uh, and then he is going to be welcomed there by Chief Wilton Littlechild, who spent 14 years in a residential institution. The Prime Minister will be there. The Governor General will be there. And then the Pope will speak in Spanish, and then he will be translated in English. And we'll take that live. So Lisa's there. So I was sitting in Lisa's chair in Toronto this last week. To host CTV National News, and I want to thank Tamara Cherry and Graham Richardson for doing yeoman's service uh, here, sitting in this chair. And uh, Tamara and Graham did great work. I really appreciate that. Um, It's the summer, and uh, because I work both on radio and I do the two shows, Power Play and um, Question Period, um, Question Period records on the weekend, so I'm just going to be totally transparent with you. So I, I often work six, sometimes seven days a week. And so I, I'm, 
I have to take kind of days in lieu, some days off. And it's hard to take days off when you've, uh, you want to be on air, you love the job, so I'm not complaining. Uh, I do also love the holiday, so I will be taking some more time off in August. Um, and, and sometimes you're just off your regular shows to do, you know, the, the team at CTV and all across uh, Bell Media. We, we kind of sit in for each other, as Graham and Tamara did for me, and as I do for uh, Lisa and as others do. So it's always a good pleasure and an honor to be on such a great team where everybody Everybody's helping each other out, and, and our teams are doing the same. A happy birthday to Samantha Pope. When I was gone, Sam celebrated her birthday. Sam, we love you. You're a phenomenal person, and we, we wish you a healthy, happy year. My daughter came home from tree planting. She, I, I tree planted for years, and I loved it. And she was uh, two hours north of Thunder Bay for living in a tent for two and a half months. So she made her way home this weekend. Welcome home, Miz. Um so the, And my son's up canoeing for 52 days in the Arctic, so we haven't heard from him. And just knock on wood that he's okay. So so I'm just catching everybody up on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness here. Um, today's an historic day. And, and I want to talk about this. When the Pope comes to Canada, the 85-year-old Pope Francis, who's been sick who's canceled other trips, but didn't cancel this. Now, the story is always about the people who suffered. The people who were forced to attend residential institutions. And let me just re-articulate that so these words don't slide off our brains. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear any more about that. Oh, yeah, residential schools, residential institutions. As um, the Prime Minister, now the leader of the NDP, Jagmeet Singh, is there as well. I'm just looking at pictures, and I'll give you updates throughout this. I just want you to put yourself in the position of Indigenous Canadians for a moment. The government knocks on your door. We're taking your child out of your family to educate them at a distant place. They are, and as the Pope is arriving right now, he's in a wheelchair. He's surrounded by um, uh, both priests and um, a formation of security. He's dressed in white, of course, and he's being pushed in a wheelchair live. We're going to go there as he speaks to the sound of he's accompanied by drums. But just imagine, you get the knock on the door, and it's the government. Your child has to leave you now. And goodbye. They are going to a residential institution, sometimes far away. They are not allowed to learn your language. We are going to kill your language. You can't. So let's say your, your language was English. Let's just reverse it. Oh, we're not, they're not going to allow to learn English. They have to learn another language. The language of the very people who took your land as the Pope gets wheeled in here. And then sometimes you don't see them again. And many of the, and you've heard many of the people are sexually assaulted there. Or beaten. Or they don't return home. 150,000 Indigenous kids were yanked out of their homes, 150,000 and put in residential institutions as the Pope arrives at Mascos. So, uh, Musca Chase, rather. And we'll listen in live if there's sound here. I don't think there is. Chris, can we listen in live? We'll take it live. Let's just bring up some sound. Ya he 
All right, so this is the, the chanting as the Pope is being pushed, and I'll, I'll give you play-by-play. Play. There's uh, cardinals and priests and security behind him. Uh, there's a indigenous elder drumming and singing, as you can hear. Um, there's a golf cart uh, a little behind the group, obviously, with some other um, equipment there. As the Pope is being wheeled in again, he's 85, um, and he is going to be speaking, and we'll take that live. And so, this has been the visit that Indigenous Canadians, Indigenous peoples have long waited for as the Pope covers his eyes. Remember, Pope Francis met with Indigenous leaders, uh, uh, Inuit, Métis, and Indigenous leaders, Native leaders, First Nations leaders, in Rome, and finally apologized. But the question is, what kind of apology will there be today? Will it be accompanied by announcements? And, and I guess the question is, why is there suspense? I, I wish people knew. We know there will be, we think, but it hasn't been formally announced. And there's lots of things. There's compensation. The Many indigenous leaders want him to denounce something called the Doctrine of Discovery, a 500-year-old papal bull or doctrine that allowed anybody to visit land to claim it as their own. It was essentially the blueprint for colonization. It's called the Doctrine of Discovery. So... As we were going to take a break, we with us have a survivor of a residential institution. But as the Pope arrives uh, to greet thousands of people and will be speaking net live now, this is happening live. I want to take this is historic. I'll take a break. We'll be right back to put this into context. Next. Bringing the story to life. It's Evan Solomon on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back. Uh, we have breaking news right now, Chris. The Pope has arrived at the um, former site of a residential institution, and he is there right now, and he will be speaking. This is a critical moment, long. Uh, let's listen in live as the Pope is being greeted right now after saying a prayer at the cemetery, the Ermanskin um, Residential Institution, where 15 kids at least went missing. Uh, let's, uh, I'm not going to listen in yet as he um, is just arriving. Um, he, it was a kind of a remarkable moment just a minute ago. Um, and again, there's not a lot of sound for radio. He's being pushed in um, a wheelchair. And he's being greeted now, but he was pushed toward the cemetery. This will be the only site of a residential institution that he's visiting and closed his eyes, said a prayer, as you know, and um, now he's being greeted by someone who survived the residential institutions for 14 years. And he continues onward where there'll be a um, ceremony and he'll speak. 
Now, you may wonder to yourself, why is this so important? Well, because there's two kinds of justice. And they're both important. There is a justice on retribution, which is uh, we all support. You commit a crime, you do the time. You commit a crime, you pay the price. That's retribution. Society meets out a punishment for those who violate the laws and the norms, the safety and the security of others, who take advantage of their freedoms to infringe on the freedom of others, their safety, their dignity, their reputations, their property. And retribution is important. Those, and in this case, if you were a member of the clergy, the government, and you abused kids sexually, physically, there should be retribution. You should pay a price. You should be charged. There should be a fair trial. And if convicted, you should go to prison. I don't mind that. That's real justice. And there should be compensation. Financially, for violations, stealing, this is how it works. If someone crashes your car, if someone robs your home, if someone takes advantage of you, there'll be both punishment and sometimes you can sue them for compensation in a civil court. You know that. So let's say that that should happen here, and it does. And that's controversial in the sense that the Catholic Church has been laggards. There's no, I'm not going to mince words because the Pope is here. In terms of paying the $25 million they agreed to pay for the residential institution school settlement. As the Pope is wheeled ever closer. It's a remarkable moment, by the way. But there's also restorative justice, which is an apology. A process pioneered by Nelson Mandela after apartheid where the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa heard testimony both from the abused and the abusers, the criminals and the crime, and the victims. And and words matter. And restorative justice, which leads to healing and forgiveness and the ability to move on, is also important. Today is about both. First, of course, restorative justice. The Pope is acknowledging the crime what the Truth and Reconciliation Commission here called a cultural genocide. And the church was the main actor. There were other actors. The government was the main actor too. But today we're going to focus on the role of the Catholic Church. Other churches have apologized also. They've also paid compensation. But this Pope is here to, as he passes the five teepees I spoke to about, Those are erected on the site of the former institution, torn down now, as he gets to this remarkable moment where he'll be speaking to thousands of people and people across the country, and he represents more than a billion Catholics, Roman Catholics. So this is about restorative justice, and it matters. Apologies matter. Words do matter. Acknowledgement matters. And it matters to the victims, the survivors the communities, to move on. It matters. 
But there are more than just words. There are words and action, restorative justice and a form of retribution justice. How do you get satisfaction? Well, you can't. But how do you get justice? There are financial compensation. There are legal compensation. Returning of property. Opening up of archives so truth can be pursued. But here the Pope at 85 is being wheeled in. And he's being followed by indigenous leaders and clergy members walking side by side in and of itself a significant moment. And I know we have a a survivor who's attending the Pope's ceremony this morning with us, but it's hard to reach her right now because she's watching the Pope literally. But we'll get that. And... And then I'm going to hear from you at one 1010 and 71010. And I'm going to ask you if an apology is enough, why this is important. Someone said to me, I think we're paying too much attention to this. I don't. These are historic moments. These are moments for an institution like the Catholic Church that is in transformation an institution in constant transformation or constant reformation, as they used to say. Now, I will tell you this. When indigenous leaders first met the Pope in Rome, I asked myself, will the Pope do what he has done since he became the Holy Father, Pope Francis? And he does this on Maundy He washes the feet of a select group of people. And he does this during the Holy Week. And it is not uncommon to do that. This year, this Pope got on his knees, this 85-year-old man, and he washed the feet of prisoners in Italian prison on Holy Thursday, Monday Thursday. He washed and kissed the feet of 12 inmates, which he's done on Holy Thursday. And he does that for a reason. His reason is he said they have to emulate Jesus. And he's done that for years. And I was wondering, does even though it's not Holy Week, even though it's not Maundy Thursday of Holy Week, which precedes Easter, will the Pope significantly wash the feet of some of the survivors? What a gesture that would be. What a gesture emulating John 13, 117, when Jesus washed the feet of disciples during the Last Supper. Remarkable moment in Christianity. The Pope has emulated that. I don't think he will today, but what a remarkable... I was wondering, will, will the Pope do that? That that awesome moment of 
being humble. So as the Pope is here, we're going to take a, a small short break. We'll be right back. Instant access to real people, real stories. The Evan Solomon Show is on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Welcome back. Uh, Breaking news right now. As the Pope has just begun um, his remarkable, historic visit. Um, I'm going to take it there live just for a second here so you can listen into what's going on. Uh, The Prime Minister's there, the Governor General's there, the Mayor of Edmonton. Um, hundreds of Indigenous leaders, most importantly, those survivors of residential institutions, intergenerational survivors as well, are there. And the Pope is on stage now, and and he's dressed in white, listening to drumming, listening to circle, uh, a drum circle, and songs. And uh, let's listen in for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, our chiefs, every nation has an eagle staff. We have our eagle staffs leading our grand entry procession. The eagle staff represents our sovereignty, our nations are represented by the eagle staffs. The history, the history of our nations are represented with our eagle staffs. At this time, we're going to be coming in and calling in our great chiefs, our great chiefs wearing the war bonnets. A war bonnets are very So what you're seeing us. now is this remarkable moment, um, a huge procession of chiefs in their headdresses and, and many survivors and other leaders uh, processing into this uh, drums and to sit in front of the Pope as the Pope is meeting community members. And um, this is a, a kind of remarkable moment. This is the home of the former Ermanskin Residential Institution, the only former institution he'll, he'll be living in, or visiting rather, in Muscachase. And um, when he speaks, I'll take it to you live. Uh, but it's a remarkable moment. This has been generations in the making, generations to get to this moment. And I'll hear from you in a minute. In the meantime, there has been other breaking news that we have been following uh, out of Langley, British Columbia, where there had been several victims in a shooting that was emergency alerts. Uh, And we've got Michelle uh, Brunoro, the anchor reporter in the Fraser Valley Bureau Chief for CTV News Vancouver. Michelle is with us now as she's watching this procession as well. Um, Michelle, while we're watching the Pope uh, there's lots going on in the world, and there was a pretty scary moment in Langley. What happened? Yeah, very scary in Langley this morning. A lot of people waking up to an emergency alert on their phones about an active shooter in Langley. So early this morning, RCMP are getting reports of multiple shots fired. We've got multiple victims and multiple scenes. We've got three uh, scenes where police are investigating in Langley City, one in Langley Township. 
Um, and we know that the integrated homicide investigation team is being called in, which means generally that there is at least one person dead, perhaps more than that. Um, so initially we see, I get to the scene this morning, there's dozens and dozens of officers. They have blocked off um, roads and they are actively searching for a shooting suspect. And and so do we know what happened? Some suspect, so the suspect is still at large. I thought he was arrested. No, the suspect later was arrested. So that alert went out at around, okay, right. around 6.20. So later on, um, they sent out uh, an alert again telling us that the suspect has since been arrested. So now we've got all of these areas in, in Langley right. where police, we've got forensics tents set up and stuff like that. Uh, do we know anything uh, in terms of the, the, the weapon used, what happened, the motive, or, or also the state of the victims? Police have not provided information on how the victims are doing. They said earlier that the victims were um, transient, so um, homeless people is, is what they are suggesting, but they haven't provided any further information on that. There was one black SUV at one of the locations that I was at, uh, where you could see a bullet hole in the um, driver's window. Police initially also saying that they were looking for a white car. Um, but we, we haven't gotten any further updates on that. Okay. Um, and we're expecting some scary moments, though, in Langley. Um, we're, we're not sure if they're, the status of the victims. We know there are victims in hospital, though. Yeah, definitely. We know there are multiple victims. And when we talk about the areas that this is happening in, um, so one is like, um, I mean, the area that happened is generally a a pretty busy area for traffic uh, in a shopping area. And um, so part of the parking lot um, being cordoned off. Then one of the other areas is right near um, a casino and near the parking lot of a casino in Langley City. The other area right beside a bus loop. So though it was early in the morning, these are areas that would generally, you know, certainly in the day and, and perhaps during the early morning commute be quite busy. So a terrifying scene also just to wake up and, you know, and know that there's an active shooter and people being told to stay away from these areas. Yeah, super scary given the world we're living in right now. It happens anywhere. It happens everywhere. Michelle Bonoro, anchor reporter for the Fraser Valley Bureau, chief for CTV News Vancouver. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Uh, we, we continue as uh, I'm watching uh, the Pope as he um, is greeting people. This is kind of interesting as I'm looking at many of the chiefs who we know uh, and we've spoken to many times on this program uh, who are there. Here's what's interesting. There's a solemn element to this, but there's a celebra- uh, celebratory element. There is a sense that... Um, you know, there's gifts exchanged, and there is a, a celebration of c- culture going on, even as this is obviously a very mournful uh, and powerful moment. Um, the premier of, uh, of Alberta, Jason Kenney, not long to be the premier, but he remains the premier, is there. Um, and, and, and let's just, I don't know if we can, Chris, listen in as the names of children are being um, walked in by um, um, some of the um, families. Uh, and uh, this is a powwow circle. And we're, we're getting ever closer to the Pope. And, and what will the Pope say? Will the Pope apologize specifically, not just for crimes committed by members of the clergy? This is what he said before. 
but for the church as an institution. Let's listen. So those are just some of the sounds as the, as the uh, Holy Father is watching members of the uh, indigenous communities from across this nation. By the way, not just uh, First Nations, there are members of Inuit and Métis as well. So there are a cross-section of the indigenous peoples who are there to listen to this. And, and this is really one of those moments where you just think, what does it matter? And, and again, I want to open up the lines. I've just got a minute here. We'll take a break and come back. And I, but I do want you to hear what the Pope says. And if you think an apology is enough, there is a look. Some say, and, and you know, earlier I talked about restorative justice versus some kind of punishment. And does, is, is, do you need justice legally before you get reconciliation or not? Uh, let's listen in for a minute um, before break. I'm going to leave you this. We're going to take you live here. We're going to take a short break. We will be right back as we are waiting Pope Francis, who is in Canada, to offer his first public words and potentially an historic apology next. Strong views, powerful opinions. The Evan Solomon Show continues on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. I, I want to take your calls now about this this uh, this apology, and I know I'm focusing in on a lot, uh, but this is in a historic moment, and we should take it seriously. How does this work? Is an apology enough? What should the church do? How should this be received? There's retribution and there's restorative justice. These, this notion of punishment and crimes, but also forgiveness. The Pope is going to apologize. What else should the Pope do? And when he speaks live, as he's watching a healing dance right now in Alberta, your calls, 1-855-633-1010, 1-855-633-1010 or 71010. Maybe you are listening and your family or your lives were affected by a residential institution. And this is an emotional moment. It's an emotional moment for a lot of people. As the Holy Father is greeting now uh, and shaking hands with and sitting with some of the uh, chiefs of the First Nations, it's pretty remarkable. Um, they're sharing a stage together right now. one 833 1010 or 71010. 
What needs to happen now? Is an apology enough? What is justice here? one 855 1010 or 710-10. Evan, good on the Pope for coming to Canada. I don't see any amount of apologies, punishments, financial compensation ever being enough. Very unfortunate this happened to begin with. I don't see anything offered is enough. And I appreciate that. But I would say this. History is filled with institutional crimes. And yet, there's no such thing as enough. But there is healing. The Pope has something with him. Uh, He's been handed, likely, his speech. So if he speaks, we will go live. We will not take a commercial break. We will listen to the Pope live. Um, Right now, there's a red banner of 4,000 names stitched onto it being taken in to the arena. Those are the names of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's recorded victims of the residential institutions. Evan, does an apology have any value if the reason for the apology is still happening? See the recent news of the South American rainforest, indigenous mining and farming lands, Bolivia, and religious missionaries. Obviously, no lessons have been learned by governments, companies, and religions. Greed wins again. Evan, anything the Pope does has one objective, not to lose any more Catholic members, promote the church to get new members. My last name tells you what religion I was born into. I was close to a decision to joining the priesthood. It's a beautiful sham, says Ron St. Louis. It's all a show, Evan. Everything the institution does is a show. Who cares about washing of the feet, Evan? There are dead children buried, beaten, and molested by this institution. It's disgusting that they think an apology means anything. Let me respond. It is the indigenous leaders that ask for the apology. It is the indigenous leaders that have demanded the apology. It is part of the resolutions of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So it is not that the church is saying, oh, we'll do this and wash our hands of it. No, they are responding to the calls to action. Kevin and Gatineau, what's up? Uh, good morning. Yes, uh, it's not enough. Um, actually, I was forced into this organization as a child, altar boy, the whole nine yards, and um, luckily I outgrew it. But uh, it, it's, I'm very sad and angry over it, overall with it. To me, it just seems like many of the texts you read, like uh, corporate damage control in a sense. It's sort of like if you have the head of Exxon here after Valdez or tobacco CEO or Sacklers or something. And, um, you know, I hope you brought his checkbook. That's a, that $25 million is a very measly settlement anyway. <clears throat> I think for starters, let's seize the St. Joseph Oratory and, and auction it off and give the money to the First Nations as a start. And it should be treated as a corporation and taxed. It's horrifying that we allow educational tax dollars to go to this organization. They do far more damage than good. You know, you can go on and on and on, whether it's no, let's not have condoms in AIDS-ridden countries in Africa. You know, the list is phenomenal. And what really saddens me is the, 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 the number you quote of still a billion people identify as being part of this organization. Well, I appreciate the call. Um... Now, now, and thank you, and, and people, have, and Kevin, I appreciate this. People have very passionate views. L- let me do something here. Um, I want to be respectful to Catholics, and I want to be respectful to the Pope, but I don't want to, so I always respect people's choices and their religion, but it doesn't mean that we have to sugarcoat the crimes committed and the obligations to assess those 
honestly and to find a compensation both in a retribution sense and a restorative sense. So, so Kevin, I appreciate what you're saying. Um, I don't think I would compare Pope Francis to the CEO of a drug company. And I do not deny that the Pope is authentically here. And he didn't have to be, but he did. And he's here, and I believe in his authenticity. Now, the question is that words have to be followed by action. So let's be clear on that. Uh, George, what's up? Evan, thank you for taking my call, Evan. I'm from Brantford. My father was uh, uh, abused in the Grand River School. Uh, I think that it is a good thing that the Pope is here. But I'm, I'm also Catholic, Evan, so I can say this uh, as a member of the same church. It is very strange that we have uh, Catholics ask to confess their sins every week, but this is the first time the Pope has come to confess these sins, and there's been a lot more than one week, one week gone by. We also, Evan, need to address some of the healing and some of the wrongs done with our medicine men. We have four doctors that have dropped dead in Mississauga alone due to mysterious causes, and no one in your media is talking about it. Yeah, I don't know about that, George. I appreciate the call. I, I don't know about your last point. I'll look into it, George. Um, let, let me take on your first part. First of all, I want to thank you for sharing the story. And um, I know the term intergenerational survivor is uh, a mouthful for a lot of people. But when your father was uh, abused in a, a residential institution, it's meaningful. And if you think for a minute, if you knew a government-run and a church-run organization sanctioned the abuse of your father, how important today would be and how important every day would be to get real justice. And George's point that this is the first time that they're confessing sins about it and really apologizing. Uh, yes, this is the this is the baffling thing about an institution where sin and forgiveness and confession are the core competency. And yet it's taken this to get this basic level of justice. And this is just the start. Nicholas, uh, real quick. Yes, hi. Apology, apology is not good enough. And, you know, if you're a religious man, you know, uh, you can't bring people back to life. And uh, like God said, you know, revenge is not yours, it's mine. So the Pope has nothing to do with it. He's the, he was not involved with this situation. Yes, he's part of the Church. But, you know, sad enough is that... Uh, it's it, 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 the problem is that it's not the people are going to be judged by God, not by our society or anything, because real justice is not in this lifetime. It's the next lifetime. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thank you. Um, look, again, I'm not that's your belief. Um, and you may believe real justice is in the next lifetime. Um, I don't know about that, so I'm not going to comment on it. I have beliefs on that. I'm sure you do, and I think everyone individually. Part of our society is you're free to believe that. That's the freedom of religion. But we need justice in this life. That's what our society's about. It's not good enough for if society says you've, you've been the victim of a crime here, don't worry, real justice will happen in the next life. No, we need real justice now. And that's what this debate's about. And the Pope being here triggers a genuine discussion. And I think everybody agrees. Words are not enough, 
but it doesn't mean the words are not part of a process of restoring some kind of justice so then we can get real justice, documents, compensation, truth, and punishment. Punishment of those who abused kids. Let's be clear. That's what this is about. Uh, Chris, I think we're going to take a break. Um, do we? I think it's 1 o'clock. I'm going to take a break. We're going to wait for the Pope to... Uh, to um, speak, and we'll be right back on the Evan Solomon Show as we're live on a special edition of the Pope in Canada, the Pilgrimage of Penitence. You're listening to the iHeartRadio Talk Network, and this is The Evan Solomon Show. Welcome back to the uh, program again. I'm really trying to make sure that all of you listening, we've got a lot, you know, we, I know there's a monkeypox outbreak. Uh, I, I want to hear from you about lots of different things going on in the world. I, I really, truly in my heart believe that when the leader of the Roman Catholic Church is finally here to confront face-to-face survivors of the residential schools that the church ran. And I'm going to listen. Right now, He's there is a chief who was part of the Truth and Reconciliation Committee who, who listened to 7,000, 7,000 words of, test, of survivors speak who himself was a survivor of the Ermine Skin Residential Institution, which is on the land right now where the Pope sits, where the Pope visited the cemetery. And here's somebody that was there. Listen to what he's saying right now, right to the Pope. Now, this is also important, in public. The pathway of truth, justice, healing, reconciliation, and hope. We gladly welcome you to join us on this journey. As you acknowledged in your address to us in Rome, we indigenous peoples strive always to consider the impact of the present, the present events and deliberations on future generations. In that spirit, we sincerely hope that our encounter this morning and the words you share with us will echo the true healing and real hope throughout many generations to come. Kitatamhin, your holiness. Tawaw. Welcome to our land. The Pope is clapping his hands, and I think the Pope is going to speak now as he listened there. To Chief Wilton Littlechild, who was at the attended that residential institution where the Pope is right now for 14 years. There's much anticipation now as to what the Pope will say. What is the extent of the apology? What will his words be? These will be historic and analyzed every nuance 
What legal liabilities will he accept? Will he apologize for the entire institution or for those members of the institution that committed crimes? Pope Francis is 85. He uses a wheelchair now. And um, as he prepares to speak, he is flanked by the leadership. I think he is speaking now. Let's listen in right now. Mr. Prime Minister. Queridos pueblos indígenas, Masapsis y de esta tierra Queridos hermanos y hermanas, esperaba que llegara este momento para estar entre ustedes. Desde aquí, desde este lugar tristemente evocativo, quisiera comenzar lo que deseo en mi interior, una peregrinación, una peregrinación penitencial. Llego hasta sus tierras nativas para decirles per, personalmente que estoy dolido, para implorar a Dios el perdón, la sanación y la reconciliación, para manifestarles mi closeness, para rezar por ustedes. Madam Governor General, Mr. Prime Minister, Dear indigenous peoples of Mascawichis and of this land of Canada, dear brothers and sisters, I have been waiting to come here and be with you. Here, from this place associated with painful memories, I would like to begin what I consider a pilgrimage, a penitential pilgrimage. I have come to your native lands to tell you in person of my sorrow, to implore God's forgiveness, healing, and reconciliation, to express my closeness, and to pray with you and for you. Recuerdo los encuentros que tuvimos en Roma hace cuatro meses. I recall the meetings we had in Rome four months ago. At that time, I was given two pairs of moccasins as a sign of the suffering endured by indigenous children, particularly those who unfortunately never came back from the residential schools. I was asked to return the moccasins when I came to Canada, and I will do so at the end of these few words, in which I would like to reflect on this symbol, which over the past few months has kept alive my sense of sorrow, indignation, and shame. The memory of those children is indeed painful. It urges us to work to ensure that every child is treated with love, honor, and respect. At the same time, those moccasins also speak to us of a path to follow, a journey that we desire to make together. We want to walk together, to pray together, and to work together, so that the sufferings of the past can lead to a future of justice, healing, and reconciliation. I recall the meetings we had in Rome four months ago. 
At that time, I was given two pairs of moccasins as a sign of the suffering endured by indigenous children, especially those who unfortunately never came back home from the residential schools. I was asked to return the moccasins when I came to Canada. I brought them, and I will do so at the end of these few words, in which I would like to reflect on this symbol, which over the past few months has kept alive my sense of sorrow, indignation, and shame. The memory of those children is indeed painful. It urges us to work to ensure that every child is treated with love, honor, and respect. At the same time, those moccasins also speak to us of a path to follow, a journey that we desire to make together. We want to walk together, to pray together, and to work together so that the sufferings of the past can lead to a future of justice, healing, and reconciliation. That is why the first part of my pilgrimage among you takes place in this region, which from time immemorial has seen the presence of indigenous peoples. These are lands that speak to us. They enable us to remember. To remember, brothers and sisters, you have lived on these lands for thousands of years, following ways of life that respect the earth, which you received as a legacy from past generations and are keeping for those yet to come. You have treated it as a gift of the Creator to be shared with others and to be cherished in harmony with all that exists, in profound fellowship with all living beings. In this way, you learn to foster a sense of family and community and to build solid bonds between generations honoring your elders and caring for your little ones. A treasury of sound customs and teachings centered on concern for others, truthfulness, courage, and respect, humility, honesty, and practical wisdom. That is why the first part of my pilgrimage among you takes place in this region, which from time immemorial has seen the presence of indigenous peoples. These are lands that speak to us. They enable us to remember. To remember, brothers and sisters, you have lived on these lands for thousands of years, following ways of life that respect the earth, which you received as a legacy from past generations and are keeping for those yet to come. You have treated it as a sign of the Creator to be shared with others and to be cherished in harmony with all that exists, in profound fellowship with all living beings. In this way, you learn to foster a sense of family and community and to build solid bonds between generations, honoring your elders and caring for your little ones.
a treasury of sound customs and teachings centered on concern for others, truthfulness, courage and respect, humility, honesty, and practical wisdom. Pero si estos fueron los primeros Yet, pasos were the first dados en estos in territorios, la memoria nos lleva tristemente a los sucesivos. To those that followed. The place where we are gathered renews within me the deep sense of pain and remorse that I have felt in these past months. I think back on the tragic situations that so many of you, your families and your communities have known, of what you shared with me about the suffering you endured in the residential schools. These are traumas that are in some way reawakened whenever the subject comes up. I realized too that our meeting today can bring back old memories and wounds and that many of you may feel uncomfortable even as I speak. Yet it is right to remember because forgetting leads to indifference. And as has been said, the opposite of love is not hatred, it is indifference. And the opposite of life is not death, it is indifference. To remember the devastating experiences that took place in the residential schools hurts Angers, causes pain, and yet it is necessary. Yet, if, these, if those were the first steps taken in these lands, the path of remembrance leads us sadly to those that followed. The place where we are gathered renews within me the deep sense of pain and remorse that I have felt in these past months. I think back on the tragic situations that so many of you, your families and your communities have known of what you shared with me about the suffering you endured in the residential schools. These are traumas that are in some way reawakened whenever the subject comes up. I realize too that our meeting today can bring back old memories and hurts and that many of you may feel uncomfortable even as I speak. Yet, it is right to remember, because forgetfulness leads to indifference. And, as has been said, the opposite of love is not hatred, it's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death, it's indifference. To remember the devastating experiences that took place in the residential schools, hurts, angers, causes pain, and yet it is necessary. It is necessary to remember how the policies of assimilation and enfranchisement, which also included the residential school system, were devastating for the people of these lands. When the European colonists first arrived here, 
There was a great opportunity to bring about a fruitful encounter between cultures, traditions, and forms of spirituality. Yet for the most part, that did not happen. Again, I think back on the stories you told me, how the policies of assimilation ended up systematically marginalizing the indigenous peoples, how also through the system of residential schools, your languages and cultures were denigrated and suppressed. How children suffered physical, verbal, psychological, and spiritual abuse. How they were taken away from their homes at a young age, and how that indelibly affected relationships between parents and children, grandparents and grandchildren. It is necessary to remember how the policies of assimilation and enfranchisement, which also included the residential school system, were devastating for the peoples of these lands. When the European colonists first arrived here, there was a great opportunity to bring about a fruitful encounter between cultures, traditions, and forms of spirituality. Yet, for the most part, that did not happen. Again, I think back on the stories you told, how the policies of assimilation ended up systematically marginalizing the indigenous peoples. How also, through the system of residential schools, your languages and cultures were denigrated and suppressed. How children suffered physical, verbal, psychological and spiritual abuse, how they were taken away from their homes at a young age, and how that indelibly affected relationships between parents and children, grandparents and grandchildren. I thank you for making me appreciate this for telling me por haber about the heavy burdens that you still bear, por haber for sharing with me these bitter memories. Today, Today aquí, I am here in this land that, along with its ancient memories, preserves the scars of still open wounds. I am here because the first step of my penitential pilgrimage among you is that of again asking forgiveness, of telling you once more that I am deeply sorry. Por la manera en la Sorry que, for the ways in which, regrettably, many Christians supported the colonizing mentality of the powers that oppressed the indigenous peoples. Estoy dolido. I am sorry. Pido perdón I ask en forgiveness in particular por el modo en for the que ways in which many members of the church and of religious communities cooperated, not least through their indifference, in projects of cultural destruction y and forced assimilation promoted by the governments of that time, which culminated in the system of residential schools. I thank you for making me appreciate this, for telling me about the heavy burdens that you still bear.
for sharing with me these bitter memories. Today, I am here in this land that along with its ancient memories preserves the scars of still open wounds. I am here because the first step of my penitential pilgrimage among you is that of again asking forgiveness, of telling you once more that I am deeply sorry. Sorry. Sorry for the ways in which, regrettably, many Christians supported the colonizing mentality of the powers that oppressed the indigenous peoples. I am sorry. I ask forgiveness. I ask forgiveness in particular for the ways in which many members of the church and of religious communities cooperated, not least through their indifference in projects of cultural destruction and forced assimilation promoted by the governments of that time, which culminated in the system of residential schools. Aunque la caridad cristiana haya estado presente, was not absent, and there were many outstanding instances of devotion and care for children, the overall effects of the policies linked to the residential schools were catastrophic. What our Christian faith tells us is that this was a disastrous error, incompatible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is painful to think of how the firm soil of values, language, and culture that made up the authentic identity of your peoples was eroded, and that you have continued to pay the price of this. In the face of this deplorable evil, the Church kneels before God and implores His forgiveness for the sins of her children. I myself wish to reaffirm this with shame and unambiguously. I humbly beg forgiveness for the evil committed by so many Christians against the indigenous peoples. Although Christian charity was not absent, and there were many outstanding instances of devotion and care for children, the overall effects of the policies linked to the residential schools were catastrophic. What our Christian faith tells us is that this was a disastrous error, incompatible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is painful to think of how the firm soil of values language, and culture that made up the authentic identity of your peoples was eroded, and that you have continued to pay the price for this. In the face of this deplorable evil, the church kneels before God and implores his forgiveness for the sins of her children. I myself 
wish to reaffirm this with shame and unambiguously. I humbly beg forgiveness for the evil committed by so many Christians against the indigenous peoples. Queridos hermanos y hermanas. Dear brothers and sisters. Much Dear brothers and sisters, many of you and your representatives have stated that begging pardon is not the end of the matter. I fully agree. That is only the first step, the starting point. I also recognize that, looking to the past, no effort to beg pardon and to seek to repair the harm done will ever be sufficient, and that looking ahead to the future, no effort must be spared to create a culture able to prevent such situations from happening. An important part of this process will be to conduct a serious investigation into the facts of what took place in the past and to assist the survivors of the residential schools to experience healing from the traumas they suffered. Dear brothers and sisters, many of you and your representatives have stated that begging pardon is not the end of the matter. I fully agree. That is only the first step, the starting point. I also recognize that looking to the past, no effort to beg pardon and to seek to repair the harm done will ever be sufficient. And that looking ahead to the future, no effort must be spared to create a culture able to prevent such situations from happening. An important part of this process will be to conduct a serious investigation into the facts of what took place in the past and to assist the survivors of the residential schools to experience healing from the traumas they suffered. Rezo. I trust and pray that Christians and civil society in this land may grow in the ability to accept and respect the identity and the experience of the indigenous peoples. It is my hope that concrete ways can be found to make those peoples better known and esteemed so that all may learn to walk together. For, Mark, for my part, I will continue to encourage the efforts of all Catholics to support the indigenous peoples. I have done so at various times and occasions, through meetings, appeals, and also through the writing of an apostolic exhortation. I realize that all this will require time and patience. We are speaking of processes that must penetrate hearts. My presence here and the commitment of the Canadian bishops are a testimony to our will to persevere on this path. I trust and pray that Christians and civil society in this land may grow in the ability to accept 
and respect the identity and the experience of the indigenous peoples. It is my hope that concrete ways can be found to make those peoples better known and esteemed so that all may learn to walk together. For my part, I will continue to encourage the efforts of all Catholics to support the indigenous peoples. I have done so at various times and occasions through meetings, appeals, and also through the writing of an apostolic exhortation. I realize that all this will require time and patience. We are speaking of processes that must penetrate hearts. My presence here and the commitment of the Canadian bishops are a, t are a testimony to our will to persevere on this path. Queridos amigos, Dear friends, esta peregrinación se extiende durante algunos días over several days y llegará a lugares and in places far distant from one another. Sin embargo, Even so, no me it will not allow me to expect the many invitations I have received to visit Kamloops, centers like Kamloops, Winnipeg, and various places in Saskatchewan, Yukon, and the Northwest Territories. Nonetheless, please know that all of you are in my thoughts and in my prayer. Know that I am aware of the sufferings and traumas, the difficulties and challenges experienced by the indigenous peoples in every region of this country. The words that I speak throughout this penitential journey are meant for every native community and person. I embrace all of you with affection. Dear friends, this pilgrimage is taking place over several days and in places far distant from one another. Even so, it will not allow me to accept the many invitations I have received to visit centers like Kamloops, Winnipeg, and various places in Saskatchewan, Yukon, and the Northwest Territories. Nonetheless, please know that all of you are in my thoughts and in my prayer. Know that I am aware of the sufferings and traumas, the difficulties and challenges experienced by the indigenous peoples in every region of this country. The words that I speak throughout this penitential journey are meant for every native community and person. I embrace all of you with affection. In this first step of my journey, I have wanted to make space for memory. Here, today, I am with you to recall the past, to grieve with you, to bow our heads together in silence, and to pray before the graves. Let us allow these moments of silence to help us interiorize our pain. Silence and prayer. In the face of evil, we pray to the Lord of goodness. In the face of death, we pray to the God of life. Our Lord Jesus Christ took a grave, which seemed the burial place of every hope and dream leaving behind 
only sorrow, pain, and resignation, and made it a place of rebirth and resurrection, the beginning of a history of new life and universal reconciliation. Our own efforts are not enough to achieve healing and reconciliation. We need God's grace. We need the quiet and powerful wisdom of the Spirit, the tender love of the Comforter. May he bring to fulfillment the deepest expectations of our heart. May he guide our steps and enable us to advance together on our journey. On this first step of my journey, I have wanted to make space for memory. Here today, I am with you to recall the past, to grieve with you, to bow our heads together in silence, and to pray before the graves. Let us allow these moments of silence to help us interiorize our pain, silence, and prayer. In the face of evil, we pray to the Lord of goodness. In the face of death, we pray to the God of life. Our Lord Jesus Christ took a grave which seemed the burial place of every hope and dream, leaving behind only sorrow, pain, and resignation, and made it a place of rebirth and resurrection, the beginning of a history of new life and universal reconciliation. Our own efforts are not enough to achieve healing and reconciliation. We need God's grace. We need the quiet and powerful wisdom of the Spirit, the tender love of the Comforter. May He bring to fulfillment, to fulfillment the deepest expectations of our hearts. May he guide our steps, take us by the hand, and enable us to advance together on our journey. What an, what an incredibly powerful speech, Mandy. I want and those to... are the words, the historic words of Pope Francis, who has now come to Canada, as promised four months ago, and apologized. And, and there were some critical moments in this. There are tears. There, are, there was a moment of applause, a moment of reflection as... Um, some leaders and survivors will be greeting the Pope right now, and we'll see what he does here. The Pope is standing and is greeting now um, a um, receiving and, and greeting a residential school survivor. The Pope... Um, apologized profusely, but it was careful. And we're going to now analyze those words. I want to play you some key clips. Listen to this um, as he finally uttered these words publicly. 
This is part of the calls to action, the 94 calls to action that Truth and Reconciliation Commission demanded. And he finally apologized for the church's role in the residential institutions. Listen. I am here because the first step of my penitential pilgrimage among you is of again asking forgiveness, of telling you once more that I am deeply sorry. So he introduces um, his apology. I am sorry. I am deeply sorry. I am asking forgiveness. But then this, so that's critical, powerful. Let's not undermine this. By the way, he's just returned a pair of moccasins. Four months ago, he was uh, given two pairs of children's moccasins to represent the thousands and thousands of children who died in, at residential institutions. He's just returned them as he was asked to do. But then he said this, and this will be parsed very carefully. His sorry, did it include the church? Was he taking personal responsibility or was he taking uh, responsibility for the entire institution? These are the words that will be parsed because they're legally important. Listen. Sorry for the ways in which, regrettably, many Christians supported the colonizing mentality of the powers that oppress the indigenous peoples. Now, let's analyze that. Sorry for the ways in which, regrettably, many Christians supported the colonization mentality of the powers that oppress the indigenous people. Let's be clear. He didn't say the church. He didn't say the Catholic Church supported. He didn't say the Catholic Church's doctrine of discovery, which was the blueprint of colonization. The blueprint. It's very clear. He said, sorry in the ways which many Christians supported. That is not an institutional accountability moment. That will be parsed. It's very important, these words. We have to listen to these words. These were hundreds of years in coming. Sorry for the ways in which regrettably many Christians supported the colonization mentality of the powers that oppress indigenous people. The power that oppressed the indigenous peoples was not just government powers. It was the church's power. It was the church itself that was the power. The church itself which designed the colonization. So this is a very important word. That will be analyzed. And I want to keep going here. I want to play this, the residential institutions. He talked about them being catastrophic impacts. Listen. The overall effects of the policies linked to the residential schools were catastrophic. What our Christian faith tells us is that this was a disastrous error incompatible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is true, but let's parse what he said. He said, I'm reading his words here. I have a transcript of them, okay? And I'm not trying to undermine the Pope. This is important, but we have to, we have to analyze this very clearly. He said, the policies of assimilation ended up systematically marginalizing the indigenous people, how through a system of residential schools, your language and cultures were denigrated and suppressed. 
how children suffered physical, verbal, psychological, and spiritual abuse as they were taken away from their homes at a young age and how they were indelibly, uh, indelibly affected relationships between parents, children, grandparents, and grandchildren. He does not say sexual abuse. He does not say sexual abuse. He says physical abuse, but he does not say, and he does not use the term cultural genocide. And now the Pope is putting on a headdress right now. He's been given a headdress. Uh, I know we're going to take a break, but this is a remarkable moment where where the Pope is now wearing, which is an honor, uh, a headdress. He puts it on and it's been taken off. Okay, we are going to analyze the Pope's historic apology. The Pope has just made an historic apology to Canada's indigenous peoples, the indigenous peoples of Canada. We are going to take a break and we will be right back as we parse the words and get reaction. Authentic voices, real conversations. This is the Evan Solomon Show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. So remarkable moments as Pope Francis utters an apology and is now greeting members and leaders and survivors on stage in Edmonton. This it's hard to overstate what's happening, but we also can't get lost in the moment. It is it is historic. He said sorry. He uh, he begged for forgiveness. He received gifts, returned gifts, and and it's hard to overstate how remarkable a moment this is. As he's standing and receiving things and speaking to people, this is. This is something that I want to hear from you on, and I want to play you this, but there is also, we have to parse his words, and we will. So so let me take you, I want to know your reaction to it. So we'll start there. we got 10 minutes left in the show. 1-855-633-1010, 1-855-633-1010, or 71010. Your response to the Pope's apology, straight up. And I'm going to play you quickly, Chris, play um, the first clip where he says, I am... Um, Deeply sorry, and I ask for forgiveness. This is critical. I'm here because the first step of my penitential pilgrimage among you is of again asking forgiveness, of telling you once more that I am deeply sorry. So that is absolutely critical. But he then said that he's sorry... And this is important. I want you to hear these words. Chris, this is clip two of Pope Francis. This is very important, and I, don't, and, I, and I I think we have to analyze this because the Pope is very open about saying this is just the first step. This is not over. This is not enough. But first he says, sorry, and listen to how he characterized the churches. The, remember, the churches and institution did this, but here's how he put it. Sorry for the ways in which regrettably... Many Christians supported the colonizing mentality of the powers that oppress the indigenous peoples. Okay, let's be clear. Um, he says, 
many Christians supported the colonization mentality of the powers that oppressed the indigenous people. The colonized, it's not many Christians. It was the church. This was not a lot of bad apples in the church. It was the church as a, an institution. This is a doctrinal issue that begins with the doctrine of discovery. But it, there's many others. These are church-run institutions. The government's responsible for sure. But so is the church. But he doesn't say that. He says he's sorry for in the way, regrettably, many Christians supported the colonization mentality of the powers that oppress indigenous people. Does that, is that an important statement? Is that a lawyered statement? We should be clear on that. The Pope also goes on to say, and I'm a bit surprised by this, although maybe... I'd like to hear, and again, we have many indigenous leaders that we contacted, but they're all there. And, and, and you can imagine the timing of this is such that they're listening to the Pope. But he said that the words are not enough. And he says an important part of this process will be to conduct a serious investigation into the facts of what took place in the past to assist the survivors in residential schools to experience the healings and names they discovered. I, I, I want to talk about that. What does he think, what does he mean by that? I don't know. I don't know because we've had the Truth and Reconciliation Commission already in Canada. The idea that we need another investigation, the Indian Residential School Settles Agreement was there. That was a class action suit that began to be implemented in 2007. The church was supposed to pay $25 million. They used lawyers to avoid doing it. They barely paid $4 million, $3.5 million. They, st- they promised to raise money. They haven't done it. He didn't announce they'd pay that. They have violated their Indig- Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement. Let's just say that. Okay? Then there was the TRC between 2007 and 2015. And in 2015, they released a six-volume report that is there where 7,000... Oh, the Pope is speaking again. Chris, let's listen in. Let's listen. Give us this day of our daily bread, and forgive us no steps, and we will forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord be within you. Blessed by the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the church, uh, the Pope reads the Lord's Prayer, as you know, in English. 
Um, I'm going to take some calls, uh, but I was just going to say that the, the, the six volume 2015 truth and reconciliation report had 7,000 different survivors testify. So when the Pope says we need an investigation, I politely and respectfully remind the church that that has happened. Charlie, I got two minutes here. Charlie, what's up? Uh, hi, Evan. Is that you? Yes, sir. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, well, Evan, you're you're, you're very uh, astute to say he left out the part about sexual abuse, and he's like blaming this on all Christians. That's like uh, uh, McDonald's blaming Burger King on for things. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not uh, it's not very sincere to me. It, it's it's a little bit uh, disingenuous, I guess you'd say. Um, and what what I want to know, Evan, is what, what what beach is Justin Trudeau surfing at today? He's there. Because just for, he, 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 he's, he's there. He's conspicuous by his absence. No, 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 sir. He, to, to, I'm not. He's literally right there in the front row. He's the way Justin Trudeau is there. He's with the Governor General, the Premier of Alberta, the Mayor of Edmonton, uh, the Minister of Indigenous Services. They are all there, uh, along with Phil Fontaine, the former Chief National Chief of the. Uh, Assembly of First Nations. Just, just to be clear, um, politicians. Uh, Jagmeet Singh is there. There are conservatives there, like J- Jason Kenney. There's members of the NDP. There's members of the Liberals, including the Prime Minister. So they're all there. Uh, just so, so I just want to be clear, uh, Charlie. I appreciate that. But there will be. Uh, I know we got 40 seconds. So I'm going to tell you a couple things. Um, today was a special day. The, the Pope's visit does continue throughout the week. We'll continue covering it. Uh, this was an historic day of an apology, but we will parse the meaning. I've already spoken to the current assembly, the uh, national chief of the Assembly of First Nations, Roseanne Archibald. She will join us tomorrow. So will the minister of sport on a very different topic. But speaking of abuse on Hockey Canada and Gymnastics Canada. So the minister of sport will join us tomorrow. So part of our show, get the people that matter, get accountability. History made today. I'll see you tomorrow.